Psalms 127, verse 1. You all have it? Praise the Lord. A very uh, familiar portion of scripture. I'm reading on the NIV. Unless the, bo- the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Father, we, we thank you. And I ask God that you would take these this day or this day that we recognize and honor fathers. That you would help us to be better, better men, but better people, better women, better children. That we would just be better. Help us, God, to grow and mature in your insight and your knowledge, your understanding. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would walk up and down the aisle and change hearts. For the change that matters is the change that comes from within, not the, the things that are used on the outside to, to, to harness us. No, we don't want to be harnessed. We want to be free, but change from the inside out. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So I want to look uh, at the characters of a father, of men. Um, and, and women, you'll be able to relate to this as well. But every father uh, has faults and problems. How many can say amen? amen. And it's these, these issues, these areas of our, of our heart that allow us to endure hard times and to deal with our issues, not let our issues deal with us. I call them pillars. Uh, it's like these, this, this building, this amazing building, the structure, but this beam is a pillar. It, it, it holds up the, the ceiling of, of this roof. And without these pillars, well, the roof would fall in. Amen? Amen. And so everything is false, and we're looking at pillars, but, but everybody has faults. And if you look around, uh, the person next to you has a fault. Uh, even churches have faults. In fact, the first church, Jesus started this church. It was the first church. The pastor Jesus was executed the chairman of the board, that was Peter, he was, he was cursing and swearing and denying he even knew the pastor. The treasurer, his name was Judas. You've probably heard of that guy. Judas, after embezzling all the money and turning Jesus over, the pastor over to the authorities, killed himself, committed suicide. The other board members, there were was, there was 12 of them, if you remember, they all ran away and hid. The only people that were left were a few of the, the ladies from the, from the, from the women's fellowship. You see, they were the ones at the, at the, at the throne, at, at the cross when Jesus died. Regardless of how bad it gets, we have to realize even today in our church, things aren't that bad. Not that bad. Amen? Amen. So as we submit our heart to the management of the Lord, uh, He allows us to work efficiently. Because He doesn't want us to work long hours, overexert ourselves. He, he says he, he grants a sleep to those He loves. Even though we work and we do all these things, because as we're building with God's guidance, we're not overexerting ourselves. We're not, we're not going beyond what we should do. We're, we're a balanced people. Some people are workaholics. Men think they're more of a man if they work long hours. No, it's just you're a good worker. But it doesn't make you any more of a man. There's, there's so much more to being a man than just work. 
right? So verse 2 says, in vain you rise early and stay up late. But he wants to give us rest. He grants sleep to those he loves. And what has happened, the reason why people don't find rest in Christ, and I'm not talking in church uh, right now. We all know in the world there's a lot more going on. But in church, it's because they have a misalignment of four pillars in their heart. They're not, they're not the way they should be. And this misalignment of the pillars lead us to labor in vain. We work hard and we don't gain what we want. We think we're going after the right thing, but we're not because we're off kiltered. Huh? The problem is as long as you think you're in control of your life, these pillars can never be straight. Because some people think, well, they're in control of your life. Let, let, me, let, let me break some bad news to you. You're not in control of your life. Uh, the society dictates how we act. I mean, there's really, you know, if, if we either deal with guilt or innocence, which is the Western way we look at things, or if you're not even from the West, if you go into other countries where they're more uh, 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 focused on shame and honor, right? And then if you go to other countries, they're more concerned with, with fear and power. And that's how they look at the world. We look at it guilt and innocence. You're guilty, you're innocent, right? But nonetheless, if you are not balanced, you'll work too hard. Things, things won't work out the way you want them to be. So first, you're really never in control of your life. You're going to serve somebody. And these pillars make or break your ability to parent, be a husband, be a man, be a person. And the reason people are so misled is they think they are steering their own ship. So Jesus must manage your life. Every decision you make should come from Scripture. Then and only then will these areas of your heart be balanced. They'll be straight. See, one reason our society is decaying is because fathers are not being fathers. Well, then you have this divorce culture where over 50% of non-believers and believers, for whatever reason, we're not talking about right or wrong, the mere fact, because there's some divorces need to happen, but the vast majority don't. But for whatever reason, they're happening. That's the culture we live in. And so you have two families coming together and, and two cultures, if you will, coming together, two ideals, two concepts, battling, creating even more turmoil. Huh? No, the forces men uh, and all these things with multiple families often force men to neglect their first responsibility. So listen, what I'm saying, no matter how good of a parent you want to be, if you're not home, you're not as good as a parent as you should be. So you can never make up for that. If, and so if you're in that situation, you can't make up for it. You, this is life now. All you can do is try to deal with the issues of your heart. Amen? Yeah. So this is a corrupting, or I call it, this is the corruption of this current generation. For this reason, some, some feminists feel men are not even needed to raise children. And that can, could be further from the truth. I tell people, women, this all the time. Uh, uh, you were not created to do everything a man could do. You're to, you were created to do things man can't do. Huh? That's why you were created. There are certain things men can't do. That's why you were created. Because we need you. But if you're always trying to compete and be a man, well, <laughs> shave and grow a beard. Hallelujah. 
Amen. There's four pillars. There's four major thought centers, I call them, of a person. Right? And if we're not balanced around those things, your, your whole world will collapse. See, these pillars provide the basic function of every person's behavior, thinking, feeling, reacting to whatever comes to a person's life. These thought centers, uh, uh, although they may seem masculine, however, they're not masculine. These are just simple thought centers. I may use masculine words today because uh, it's Father's Day. But these are thought centers that every person needs to have. A woman who understands her position can greatly strengthen her walk with these thought centers. So anyone can place these pillars in their life. Again, let me say it again. Just understand this. A woman is not a man. And a man is not a woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right? Come on. Can I say it again? So she should not act like a man or think she must try to be like a man. And I pray there's men, you don't have to act like a woman or try to be like a woman. You know? If you, if there's a men's room and a woman's home room. There's not an it room. Amen? Not in this church. Amen? Again, let me say it again. Women were not made to do what a man can. She was made to do what a man cannot do. Right? Again, unfortunately, many women are forced into these roles for the lack of a man in her life. So without the hedge of these pillars, uh, you'll, you'll be out of balance. And many men, men, is any men here? Many men never take their place as a man. Let me say it again. Many males never take their place as a man. See, being male doesn't make you a man. See, and understand this as I get into these pillars. One pillar out of balance will affect them all. Are you with me? The first pillar, I call it the king pillar. The king who is not a servant is merely a tyrant. When this pillar is out of balance, disorder, chaos, family dysfunction, and oppression rule that community. We've done the story of King, King David. He was a king, but his family was a mess. His oldest son killed his brother. Absalom killed his brother. Abnon raped his sister. The king never, never even spoke to Absalom, saying that he loved him, but he never dealt with him. His family was a mess. See, his king pillar, although he was a king on the throne, his pillar of that family was off balance. An unbalanced king abdicates the throne and becomes a tyrant because they lose control. Then they want to force everybody to listen to what I'm saying. I'm in charge. I'm a man. You better do this. That's an out-of-balanced king. See, this person doesn't want to raise children. He abdicates the throne, leaves the house, and lets somebody else raise them. Huh? No, this person doesn't, doesn't, doesn't consider his role important. He turns his role over, abdicates the throne, and this leads to disorder of very, every kind in very telling ways. You can tell this king feels out of, out of proportion because he provokes his children to wrath. Children lose respect. They're uncontrollable. The natural response for, is for a father to oppress the lives of his kingdom because he's got to keep them in control somehow. Your kingdom can, your kingdom, speaking of us all, can be work, home, or play. But know this, disorder and family dysfunction will dominate if you're the king pillar is out of balance. The second one is the warrior. Now the warrior who is not tender is only a brute. When this pillar is out of balance, fear, abuse, cruelty, and hatred 
are dominant. See, an unbalanced warrior is either a coward or a brute. This warrior has no mercy for the fallen, for the hurt. As a coward, they put themselves above those who make a mistake. As a brute, they forget their own failure. If, if this person gains leadership, this warrior will begin to lead by fear. And as a, a parent, they instill fear and demand respect. In 1 Kings chapter 2, there was a story, I mean rather, 1 Kings chapter 12, there was a story about a king named Rehoboam, right? And he took over for his father. And he was asking his friends how to handle this, this kingdom. And, and one, the elders said, you know, you need to take some pressure off them. Don't, don't be too hard on them, and they'll become loyal to you. But then this king had some of his friends, his own contemporaries, that they were out of balance as well. And they said, no, 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 you need to let them know who's boss, and you need to come down on them. And this king, that's what he did, because cruelty lived in his heart. He became even harder on the people. Rehoboam tried to rule out from fear. And the story goes on to say that this king was run out of Jerusalem. He threw away any sense of faithfulness to the people, had towards them because he wanted to tell them and show them who was boss. Oppression will dominate if the warrior pillar is out of balance. The third pillar is the mentor. The mentor who is not wise is just a know-it-all. When this pillar is out of balance, lack of discipline, personal immaturity is on the rise. They have a complete disregard for scripture, and they have no spiritual sensitivity. In Acts 9.22, I'll read that in verses 9 through 22 to 25. Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by, by proving that Jesus is the Christ. After many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned their plan. Day and night they kept close watch of the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in the basket through an opening in the wall. So what happened? Paul was a very educated man. He was a lawyer. He was a Pharisee, the Pharisee from the tribe of Benjamin, educated at the University of Jerusalem at the feet of Gamaliel. As a Pharisee, none could run with him. He was superior to them all. And he took that superiority and made sure everybody knew it. And he would argue about Christ, and even though he was right, he was so superior, he would anger the people. He angered them to the point where they conspired to kill him, because he was a know-it-all. Paul's spiritual insensitivity forced God to send him to Arabia. He goes, you're so insensitive, you just think you're right, and you're going to prove you're right. i got to get you out of Dodge. i got to lower you out of a basket and send you to Arabia. He was out of ministry and out of the picture for 8 to 15 years in Lodabar, just to save his life. See, Paul, that know-it-all, he was unbalanced. See, if an unbalanced, if you're, rather, if you're unbalanced as a mentor, you either become a know-it-all or a dunce. A dunce is a person who thinks he's a know-it-all, but is stupid. Hello, someone. Synonyms for this is idiot, blockhead, bonehead, dimwood. Is anybody here, amen? If that's you, please don't raise your hand. Competition and insensitivity will dominate you if the mentor pillar is out of balance. The fourth pillar, the friend. The friend who is not faithful is at best an acquaintance or worse, a traitor. When this pillar is not balanced, unavailability. 
personal isolation, emotional isolation, detachment, illicit sensuality, erotic lust begin to rise. Proverbs 22, 14 reads, The mouth of adulterers is a deep pit. He who is under the Lord's wrath will fall into it. An emotional attachment will cause the persons to do wrong and not see it. Because they're emotionally detached. Proverbs 30, 20 reads, This is the way of an adulteress. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. Personal isolation is the trait of a person with no intimate friends. See, when trouble comes, they pull back. When they start getting too close, they run and hide. They don't want anybody too close. They, 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 they know a lot of people, but don't get too close. My friend, your, your, your pillar is leaning. You miss church and allow people to wonder what happened to you. See, friends don't do that to each other. They call people. Hey, I'm not here. I love you. How are you doing? Hey, don't worry about me. I'm still good. Because we're friends. Are we not friends? See, unavailability is a sign of a person who is not a friend. Why? Because friends always hang out with each other. Right? Friends. Friends always call friends. Uh, sometimes your children will need a friend. Hopefully that first friend is the parent. See, if you're unbalanced with a friend, check this out. You'll become a loner or overly dependent. A loner or overly dependent. You know, statistics show that the vast majority of sexual affairs happen with friends. Hmm? Manipulation and promiscuity will dominate you if the friend pillar is out of balance. See, everything has to be in balance. Are you with me? So now that we got the picture of how, or the, or, or the symptom of what you would be if your thought center, those four thought centers are out of balance, <clears throat> I don't want to leave you there. Let's look how it would be if it was standing straight and tall. See, if we revisit the, the, the pillars, the first one, the king. And let's call it the good king. The good king is a servant. Jesus said in Matthew 28 that the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be served and give his life a ransom for many. See, a good king not only uh, is a servant, but he wants to provide. Hmm. You begin to ask your people, when I say king, your people, if you're the, you're the dad or if you have a company or you're the teacher, whatever your kingdom is, this good king begins to ask, what do my people need? Because that's a good king. Uh, his core characteristic is, is he cares deeply. Huh, he's honored. I, I, I look at and I watch when, when, when the, you see the king of England, uh, the queen of England and the royalty, because we don't have an understanding. But they're very, very, very smart people. Huh? And they have a, a deep care for their kingdom. Hmm? So not only do they care deeply, the king brings vision. For where there's no vision, the people perish. And so the king is always trying to bring a vision to the kingdom that they rule in. How can I make it better? How can I care for them? How can I serve them? Why? Because I am the good king. Now, the compassionate warrior, the next one, is just that. A warrior, a good warrior, a compassionate warrior is tender. 
tender, a soft heart. So Psalm 411 reads, without no, without, rather, withhold not your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. Mercy, tenderness. Because a warrior wants to protect. The very reason why they learn to fight and are good with their hands is because they want to protect whatever they need to protect. Why? Because he's a warrior. The characteristic of God, the characteristic rather of God is to protect with tenderness. The warrior's care, uh, core characteristic is he contends courageously. He is willing to face danger when need be, because he's a warrior. Huh? A soldier. Any military people? Ex-military? Soldiers. A soldier that has been in battle hates war. Did you know that? That, but that same soldier will always be the first one to lead the charge. So those people who don't like war or, or never have been in war always think they're bad. I'll do it because you've never been in war. See, a warrior doesn't want to fight. A warrior must fight. The warrior in us brings strength. Before the next process is the mentor the mentor I call it the noble mentor see a mentor whose balance is wise Deuteronomy 4 5 through 6 reads like this see I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may follow them in the land in the land you are entering to take possession of it observe them carefully for this will show you wisdom and understanding It'll show your wisdom and understanding to the nation who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What, what do people say about us? Are we wise and understanding? Or do we don't understand? Hmm? I, I had a slogan I wanted to use for, for the, the victory home, you know, or even the church, you know, victory average. We not only care, we understand. Amen. Huh? Because it's one thing to care, but people want understanding. Understand their plight, their hurt, their situation. Not condemnation and, and making uh, rash uh, judgments on their situation. Well, Amen? Amen. See, a mentor wants to teach. Fathers must adapt uh, to learn and, and be teachable. Use moments rather than times they get angry. Now, there's a time to get angry, but sometimes when things happen, that's the best time to teach. And if you're balanced, you, can, you know the difference. They're, okay, they broke this or they did that. They did something very stupid. Okay, you can get mad and anger, but then you lose the opportunity to teach. Now, if you've done it, if you took an opportunity and you've taught and they keep doing it, well, then eventually the belt's got to come off. Right? But some of you live with the belt in your hand waiting for somebody to beat on. Right? No. We have to be, uh, to, we, we should want to teach. This person's core characteristic is he communicates transparently. He's open, he's honest, transparent, nothing to hide. I learned that best with my kids, being the pastor, having PKs 
at home. And a wife who says, Pastor, don't act like that. Hallelujah. All right? So you have to be transparent. Why? Because I have to be the same at home as I am here, as I am in Safeway. I don't, I don't have, and I'm, I thank God that I don't have the bad luxury of acting like an idiot anywhere. Some of you think you can act like an idiot. Let me let you in on this. No, you don't have that right. Some people tolerate you, but nobody has that right. See, a friend, a friend wants to be faithful. A friend wants to connect with people. Proverbs 18, 24 reads, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This person's core characteristic, you can tell, is they connect deliberately. They, they want to connect. They're looking for opportunity to connect. They're not trying to, to run and hide and, and hide who they are. No, the friend brings love. John 15, 13 reads, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. See, everything in Scripture, from being a king, to being a warrior, to being a mentor, to being a friend, it's all there. See, and we have to be careful to keep those things straight. Because if they're not straight, then you wonder why you always have calamity. There's always issues, and you're getting mad all the time. Listen, if these things are happening, it is a telltale sign that your heart, your thought process is not balanced. So you have to find the balance. I wish I could find it for you because I could give you the, the formula. I can give you the plan. I can give you all the, the ABCs, every dot, everything. But unless you take it and admit to where you're at and internalize what I'm trying to tell you, you'll never change. Never. It's up to you. That's why, that's why I opened up with, the, with, with Psalms 127, verse 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house. See, we're talking about your house. We're talking about your kingdom. We're talking about your battles, your classroom, your friends. We're talking, unless the Lord builds the house. If you are trying to do it, you labor in vain. It won't happen. It won't work. Huh? Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Instead, we have to understand, in vain you rise early and stay up late. Anybody get up early for work? Huh? Stay up late for the, because of the issues. Toiling for food to eat, right? Wondering, man, how am I going to make my next bill? You're so concerned about your budget. Can't sleep. Unless the Lord builds a house. I don't care how much you work and how much you, you save, what kind of 4OK or what do they call it, 401OK or uh, I'm OK, you're OK, we're all OK. I don't care about all those OKs. None of that is going to give you sleep. The only thing that will give you sleep is that when God is building the house and he's leading you in your balance, nighty-night, you get rest. See, marriage, family, church, community, nation, rest on balanced pillars, as my 
piano player comes up. So unless Jesus builds the pillars of your house, you labor in vain. All will collapse when pillars lean or out of balance. If we work hard at maintaining our pillars, our labor will, will last, will be solid. Your pillars, they, they provide vision, strength, wisdom, love. Let me say it again. Vision, strength, wisdom, love. That is really a key role for men. Do we come to where we are in our community? Do we actually provide wisdom, strength, vision, and love when you walk in the door? When they look at you, man, when they look at you, Father, when they look at you, sir, do they say, oh, look, there's that man of vision. There's that man of strength. There's that man of wisdom. There's that man of love. Or do they say, here comes that fraud. He's got no wisdom in him. He's angry. He, he wants people to be afraid of him. Oh, here's that guy, that know-it-all, who thinks he knows everything. He's only fooling himself. What do people... See, there's three of you. You know, there's three of you. There's what you think you are. That's person number one. There's what other people think you are. That's person number two. And there's what you really are. Who are you? Are your, are your, 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 your pillars leaning? Where you, those three people, listen, are not the same? See, if those three people are not the same, then your pillars are not right. They're off. Huh? So all you knew, now, now I'm, I'm not going to leave you there. Because I'm talking, I'm not talking as if I had all together. No, 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 no. Believe me. When I came to the Lord, oh my goodness, I was so me, I should leave it like that, and married to my wife, and I was in the Lord, listen, and I would travel all over preaching the gospel. But I was so me that every time I came home, I prepared myself for my wife to have left me. Because you know why? Because I knew I was me. And I knew she had all the right to leave me. So I had to work and work and work so that when I come home, I was confident there was nothing, there was no reason. Because I became a better man. I had to work on my pillars, my vision, my strength, my wisdom, especially with my men. We need a lot of wisdom. Because the first, the first day you say you don't figure out women, <laughs> yeah, right. They, they're going to throw another curveball at you. Amen? It's like that story, the Everest, that story about the, uh, uh, the guy who was on the beach. And he's walking, and he found a, a lamp, and he rubbed it, and boom, a genie came out. He's on the beach. He goes, whoa. He goes, you have wish. He goes, I got a wish. And he made his wish, and he came down this one wish. Because he wished for his other things, and he goes, well, I got this one wish. Right? I wish that I could go to Hawaii. Okay. But, but I don't want to fly. I'm, I'm afraid to fly. And, I, and I'm, afraid, I'm afraid of water. I don't want to. Can, 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 can you wish me? Because this is his first wish. Can you wish me a highway from here to Hawaii so I can drive? The genie goes, what kind of a wish is that? I can't, I can't give you that wish. Are you crazy? Does you have anything else in the world you want me to wish you that? That you know how much cement, how much time that would take for me to get a road? He goes, oh, okay, you're right. 
Okay, I got one more wish. What? I want to be able to understand my wife. The genie jumped back and says, do you want a two-lane or a four-lane highway to hold? We need wisdom, love, and understanding. Amen? You just gotta, what am I saying? I, I just, you gotta hang in there. Hello, someone. You gotta hang in there. Don't give up. You're gonna change. It took me a year, you, if you really want to change, right? You're gonna have to hang in there because it's not gonna happen overnight. Ladies, it won't happen overnight. But they have to have the want to. Hang in there. And if you're hanging in there, God will come to you. God will find you. God will come right where you need him. I'm going to share one more story. In the mid-1980s, a missionary family, this is a true story. They were given a house at a lake. And one, one evening, Dad was busy in, in the, out there by the lake. And his little son, uh, he was taking care of the little boy. So he's out there in the lake. He's working. Three-year-old little, his name was Billy. And you know uh, how they are, they're curious. And they had another son, uh, a five-year-old sister rather, and a 12-year-old cousin, they were all there. Well, when the sister and the cousin got distracted, little Billy decided to go around and mess around by the lake and look at the shiny, shiny thing that he saw on the boat. Billy lost his balance and he fell into six feet of water. Billy, boom. The splash alerted the cousin and the sister, so they run, they began to scream, and dad comes running to the lake, and they're looking, and it wasn't clean water, it was very murky water, and, and they began a, a desperate search for the little boy. The so dad jumps in, and he, and he couldn't find him because he couldn't see, and he comes up for air, and he's panicking, and they're all panicking, 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 and the only thing he could do is go back in, so he took another deep breath, and he goes back in, and he's reaching around, reaching around, and he can't find him. He's getting ready to go up, then he felt him. And the boy felt, they felt each other. So little, he comes to the boy and he finds that little Billy is under the water three feet and he's hanging onto the pillar of wood. And he would, he's under the water, hanging on, hanging on. So the dad grabs him and pries him loose and they shoot to the top for air. He had a death grip on that pillar, just hanging in there. For some time afterwards, the dad, they just held Billy, holding him and tight. And finally, the dad asked the boy a question. He goes, Billy, what were you doing down there? Hanging on to that, that, that post underwater. Little Billy replied, I'm just waiting for you, Dad. I'm just waiting for you. See, that's how we have to be with God. If you're underwater, just hang on. Because God's going to help you. He won't leave us comfortless. You hang in there, and God will change you. And God changed this guy. God can change you. Just hang in. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.